It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily podcast on the Baltimore Orioles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Locked On Orioles, your place for Orioles news and analysis from the clubhouse to the warehouse and beyond. As always, I'm your host, Justin McGuire. Well, folks, what do you know? The Orioles actually won a series. That's right. They took two out of three games from the Tigers over the weekend to win their first series at Camden Yards and just their second series overall this season. There were definitely some positives to take away from it. Chris Tillman had a brilliant outing on Friday that kind of came out of nowhere. Kevin Gossman was pretty good on Sunday. Pedro Alvarez had two two homer games. And Manny Machado continues to be one of the best hitters in the league. Of course, it is the Tigers, and we know they're not very good, so we probably don't want to get too excited about things. But in any case, it is a serious victory, and it's something that we can take some positives from. Overall, though, this still looks like it's going to be a losing season for the Orioles, and we're going to be talking a lot, I think, about trade possibilities coming up over the next several months. As you guys know, the Orioles have several players whose contracts are expiring at the end of the year, including Manny Machado, Adam Jones, and Zach Britton. Today, we're going to take a look specifically at Jones and Machado, Paul Valley, who is a writer for Utah Street Report, is here to talk about an article he wrote last week in which he makes the case that the Orioles should trade Adam Jones and try to re-sign Manny Machado. We'll get to that in just a second. Hey folks, just a reminder, for all the original content of the Locked On Podcast Network, both the podcasts and the written content on every team, go to LockedOnSports.com. And of course, for all your content on the Baltimore Orioles, make sure to go to LockedOnOrioles.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Locked on Orioles. We are joined now by Paul Valley. He's a writer for the uh, Utah Street Report, great Orioles blog out there that you should definitely check out. Um, Paul, I wanted to talk to you about an article you wrote last week. And you said, and, and, and it's an article that talks about what the Orioles should be doing uh, in terms of the trade deadline and that kind of thing. And I want to read what I think is the key sentence from your article. You say, the Baltimore Orioles need to trade Adam Jones and build this team around Manny Machado. They simply can't keep them both, and Machado is the younger, better, and more impactful player. So I want to talk about a couple elements of that. The first thing I just want to ask, let's talk about Adam Jones himself. He is, um, as everyone I think listening to this knows, he is a free agent at the end of this season. I think he's 32 years old. He has um, 5 and 10 trade uh, rights, so he could refuse a trade, but he has indicated in the past that he definitely wants to play for a World Series winner. Uh, wants to play in the World Series, so if traded to a con- if he if he were to be traded to a contender, I think there's a good chance he would waive those rights. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you about Adam Jones, though, is what kind of value do you think the Orioles can get back for him, given that it's an expiring contract, his age, and his his production has gone down over the last few years. Well, the thing that you have to look at with Adam Jones, like you said, his age, he's going to be 33 in October. Um, you're getting a rental because he's a free agent unless he decides to re-sign with whatever team he goes to. His defensive metrics are down. He had negative 12 defensive runs saved last year, which is one of the worst numbers in baseball. Doesn't get on base. You know, at the end of the year, his numbers are going to be there. He's going to be a two, around a 270 to 280 hitter with 20 to 25 home runs and, you know, close to 80 RBIs. The numbers are going to be there. But at this point, what real value does he have to the Orioles beyond this year? You can't if you're going to go into a rebuilding mode, which the Orioles probably really need to, to consider strongly. 
you're not going to have a 33-year-old center fielder who probably needs to move to a corner outfield. You're not going to build around that guy. Um, I, I, I can't imagine, though, that given, like you said, his defensive metrics, his age, and the fact that his production is going down, he's slowing down. I can't imagine they're going to get much. I think if you can get a mid-level prospect um, or maybe a fringe, like maybe like a 4A player, you take whatever you can get at this point because the, the Orioles are going to be strongest. Most of their position prospects are outfielders, and they're going to save a ton of money if they move Adam Jones and switch and use those younger guys in the outfield. So really, the value of, of getting rid of Adam Jones is, is to – not worry about re-signing him and to um, shore up some space for these young outfielders. We're not really expecting to get much back for him if he is traded. Yeah, not you're not getting a lot. It's just more so the clear space so that you can save money there so you can spend it elsewhere. Now, the thing about Adam Jones, and this is a question that I think is always interesting in sports, um, his, his value, obviously, we've talked about his value as a baseball player at this point. It's not what it was a few years ago, and... At his age, there's no indication going forward that he's ever going to be the player he was. In fact, you know, he, he's in the, the decline phase. And for some players, the decline phase comes pretty quickly. And who knows, within a few years, he may not really be a major league regular anymore. But I think the thing with Adam Jones, it makes it tough for some fans anyway to swallow the idea of trading him um, and not trying to resign him, is that he has been, you know, so the so-called quote-unquote, you know, face of the franchise for a while. He is a guy who has always exhibited himself with great um, integrity. He's always been somebody, you know, I, as an Orioles fan, I've always been proud to point to him as as the, the guy who kind of is, is Mr. Oriole. There's a lot of things to like about Adam Jones, the person, and the representation of Baltimore and the representation of the Orioles. But that's not the kind of thing that you can factor into it when you're looking at a long-term rebuild, is it? No, it, it absolutely isn't. And I, and I alluded to this in the article Adam Jones is going to go down as one of the greatest Orioles of all time, maybe even the, the greatest outfielder in the history of the franchise. What he's done for the city, what he's done for the community, and what he's done for the franchise as a whole. I mean, you really they really built around him when they had a, that five-season stretch of really good baseball. Uh, you, you can't measure what he's done and what he means to that clubhouse. But where people get lost in this is that they start, you know, thinking about this with their heart instead of with their head. And – you know, he can be the greatest guy and the greatest teammate in the world, but if the, the numbers aren't there on the field and if they're only declining, it's time to move on, and you want to move on before it's too late. Now, obviously, it's just speculation at this point, but if they were to move Adam Jones, what, what teams do you think might have some interest in him? You know, I was looking at this. There's only really, you know, a few teams that you could really conceivably trade him to. The Diamondbacks, they're splitting time between Chris Owings and Jared Dyson out there. Um, none, neither one of those guys are producing. They have the best record in the National League right now. That's somebody – Adam Jones is somebody that they could trade for. We could come in there, provide veteran leadership, kind of like what J.D. Martinez did last year. Not to the same on the same scale because J.D. Martinez is a better player at this point in his career. But Jones could go out there and play every day and really help them make a deep push into the playoffs. Uh, the Nationals – might need a little bit of help in the outfield. They got Howie Kendrick, who most of his career has been a second baseman. They have him playing in the outfield. Michael A. Taylor is up and down uh, every year that he plays. He was great in the postseason last year and had overall good numbers last year. But, you know, it's a lot. It's what have you done for me lately? And he's not playing all that well. Uh, but as far as contenders are concerned, that's really the only fits that I could see. And then you might be able to get a um, a, a, a good trade with the Padres 
if Adam Jones sees Eric Hosmer out there, he sees Hunter Renfro, he's on the disabled list right now, it's his hometown. You might be able to send him off to San Diego. If he's not going to play for a contender, he might accept a trade back home. Uh, those are really the, the three best fits that I can see right now for him. Yeah, and as I mentioned, he has the, you know, he, the, he's been in the league 10 years and with the Orioles for five years, so he has no trade um, protection. He would have to waive, no matter who they trade him to, he would have to decide that he's going to allow that trade. So it seems like he would probably be most interested in going to a contender, but like you said, San Diego is his hometown, so may, maybe that would work out. Yeah, and they're building they're building something out there, and he might take a look at that and say and think he wants to be a part of it. And they might he might give them a hometown discount. If they want to re-sign him for a few years after that. So that's something you got to think about. All right, so let's turn to the other side of this equation, um, and that's the Manny Machado part. And I think you, um, as you said, Manny Machado is younger. He's certainly at this point a more valuable player. Um, has a more valuable future. So building around him makes all the sense in the world. The question I have, I guess, is if the Orioles were intending to build around Manny Machado, it seems like they would have had they would have done it before now. You know what I mean? It seems like they've, there hasn't really been a serious talk with him about a long-term extension all these years. Um, we're now in the last year of his contract. There's been trade rumors. Do you think there's any realistic possibility Manny Machado would have any interest in resigning with the Orioles? Well, and see, just like this this scenario is contingent on Adam Jones waiving that no trade clause, it's also contingent on Manny wanting to sign here. And like people say, money talks. But at this point, you're going to have to offer Manny thirty to thirty two million dollars a year just to get the ball rolling. And then it's really, does he want to play here? Does he want to stay here? And one of the reasons that you would have to trade Adam Jones is right now, Adam Jones, as for as good as Manny is, Adam Jones is the face of this franchise. If you trade Jones and try to build around Manny, you're telling Manny, the spotlight's on you. This is your team. You're the face of our franchise. We want to build around you and, you know, we want you to play out your entire career here, possibly going to the Hall of Fame here. Now, for Manny, that could be enticing because here he's the guy. If he goes to a team like the Cubs or the Dodgers or, heaven forbid, the Yankees, he's just another really good guy, but he's not the guy. Here he would be the guy, and you would would be trying to sell him on that. Having said that, everybody from from everything we're reading and we're hearing, everybody's saying that Manny wants to test free agency. Now, that doesn't mean that the Orioles wouldn't be able to sign him back in free agency, but everything's saying that he wants to be elsewhere. He won't say that in public, but... You know, you really have to think realistically that Manny probably wants to play elsewhere. And now it's about where's what's the best fit for a team that's looking for a shortstop because he does not want to go back to third base. So assuming that, you know, that, that building around him is not a realistic option because he's not interested in it. What do you think the Orioles should do? I mean, should they try to trade? I've, I've seen a lot of speculation saying they should try to trade him now. You know, why wait until the trade deadline? You can get, you know, you maybe get more, a little more back from him now if you're if you're trading most of the season as opposed to half the season. Um, the Orioles are, you know, but for all intents and purposes, out of contention already this early in the season. Um, or do you do you say do you wait till the trade deadline, or do you just roll the dice and and like you said, try to you know let him go to free agency and try to resign him? What do you think the Orioles should do at this point? What the Orioles should have done was trade was sign him three years ago or trade him before last year. Um, but at this point, you're not going to get a good haul back from him because every team knows he's just a rental. Um, maybe the Cubs would give you something um, because they could really use him at shortstop and he could really put them over the top to go back to another World Series. 
But what I ultimately think is going to end up happening is either they're going to trade him at the deadline for a haul that nobody's going to like. That's They're not going to get good value for him. But more than likely, I think he's here to the end of the season because Peter Angelos never likes to sell off his players unless it's completely obvious. And he's looking to see if they get healthy. If they get healthy and play good baseball. I mean, last year they were six games below 500 when they traded for Tim Beckham and said, we're still in this thing. So I think it, what ends up happening is Manny stays here. And then he walks and we get the two comp picks when he goes elsewhere. So um, I should point out right now, and people listening to this, that tomorrow's episode of Locked on Orioles, we'll be looking at a um, at the question of Manny Machado to the Cubs and whether that's a viable trade option. So so ch- tune in for that tomorrow. But but in the meantime, um, so all right, so we know Manny, we know Adam, we know what their situations are. There's other uh, potential free agents on the Orioles, several of them, including um, Zach Britton, um, Brad Brock. Zach Britton is the interesting one, obviously, because we know when he's when he's going, he is is one of the best relievers in baseball. But he's been dealing with injuries the last couple of years. Obviously, hasn't pitched yet this year. Um, what do you think the Orioles should do with uh, do with Zach Britton, assuming he comes back in in you know late May, early June? What what they're talking about now? If he comes back and is effective, should they have him on the trade block immediately? Well, if you don't think you can re-sign him. I think that he should be on the trade block. I wouldn't say immediately. You got to see what he, what he can do. If he comes out and he performs very well, you're going to probably get a better haul for him because pitching is the more the more pressing need for teams at the deadline usually. So I think you get a bigger haul for Zach Britton, even though it's just a couple of just a couple of months out of the season, and then he's actually got better signability for most franchises because he's going to cost what twelve to fourteen million, whereas Manny's going to cost thirty to 35 million next year. Uh, Britain, if the Orioles aren't back in it, you got to explore all options with trading him. I guess at this point, is there anybody who's not uh, not on the trade block if, if the right offer came in? Is there anybody who should be untouchable right now? No. Um, there's not a person on the team that should be untouchable. You would think that maybe they should try to extend Jonathan Scope, but what makes Jonathan Scope any different than anybody else? He's going to want to make his money and play for contender too. I mean, he's coming into the prime of his career as well. If you can't extend him, and you need to know now if you can extend him or not. If you can't, you have to trade him too, and you'll get the most prospects from trading Jonathan Scope. But that also means that the Orioles have to admit that they're going into full rebuild mode, which they probably don't want to do when it's still April in the season. Um it's a really hard sell to Peter Angelos to convince him that the Orioles need to rebuild. He, his mindset should be, look, we're not going to win a championship. We might not even be 500 at the end of the season. Sell as many as you can and get that rebuilding process started now so that they can be good in a couple of years. Yeah, it's extraordinarily frustrating to me to, to think that the ownership doesn't see what the rest of us see, which is that this team is going nowhere fast. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how you delude yourself at this point. I know it's only April, but <laughs> they've got seven wins on the year, um, a month into the season almost, and it's just, you know, I, I don't see how anybody can conv- could possibly convince themselves that this team is going to make the playoffs. It just doesn't seem like it's a, it doesn't that doesn't seem like a rational uh, uh, evaluation of the situation. You know what I mean? It absolutely isn't, and I've I've worn the orange colored glasses. My my whole life being an Orioles fan growing up, and even I can sit here and say, look, you're you're seven and twenty. This team doesn't hit when it pitches. It doesn't pitch when it hits. It's time to probably blow it up and move on. Yeah, and like you said, there's so many contracts that are up this year. 
Um, we haven't even mentioned Buck Showalter and Dan Duquette are both um, in the last years of their contract, so we don't know what's going to happen with them. Um, you know, Jones, Machado, Britton, all these guys. There's just there's really no reason not to start the rebuild now. I mean, you might as well get it started in you know April May of 2018 instead of waiting till the beginning of 2019. Maybe maybe get yourself a few prospects. Maybe find out something about the the prospects you already have. Give them some of them a chance to play in the majors and see what they're capable of. Yeah, just like try, sitting around pretending that this team can get back into it at this point just just seems fruitless to me. But that seems to be the mo on this franchise for the last twenty years or so, and it's it's frustrating. But but we'll see. Maybe as Angelos kind of uh, checks out of the day to day stuff, maybe there will be a change in philosophy going forward. Well, yeah, and the 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 key thing here with the franchise is a lot of people don't want Brady Anderson to take over. Uh, Dan Duquette's role, but I think he's clearly the heir apparent. The only thing that I can say about that is that Brady has the ear of the ownership and he has more trust from them than probably anybody else that would take on the role. So hopefully, as like you said, as Angela starts to step away from it and starts to step away from baseball itself, Brady can kind of have a bigger influence and maybe get this team rolling in the right direction sooner rather than later. I think that's the best hope that we can have right now. All right. Well, Paul, thanks so much for joining us today. Justin, thanks for having me on, man. I enjoyed it. And if people want to find you on Twitter, what where should they go, where should they look? At Paul Valley the Third, P A U L V A L L E, Roman numeral three. Right, and of course they can find your writing at Utah Street Report, and they can find Utah Street Report on Twitter as well. That's correct. Same, just Utah Street Report for the handle. And that's going to do it for another edition of Locked On Orioles. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast at free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.